When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to You Love to See It, Fanbyte's movie review podcast. Every month, we pick a theme, and every week, we watch a movie. And then we decide where it belongs in our delightful neighborhood video store. If it's cool and urbane enough to slither into our hearts and our esteemed staff pick shelf. If it's no pristine Gibson, but isn't just a, you know, rock band plastic guitar either, and therefore earns a place in our totally fine middle aisle, or if it deserves to get straight up drained and sent to our dreaded dumpster, land of low-rise jeans and juice cleanses. Working in the counter today, we have yours truly, Danielle the Good Stuff, Riendo, that's me, hi, and my fellow chill vampire, Fernanda, they're still bitching about Darwin Proches. How are you today, Fernanda? I'm doing great and very upset that people are still bitching about Darwin, so. Honestly. feel very vindicated about <laughs> with this with this nickname but we'll get into yeah. it just happy to be here i'm so glad i am happy to be here and i'm happy because this month we are celebrating the floweriest of seasons by opening up our frosty shriveled hearts to you our dear listener each week one of us will pick a movie that captivated us not due to its rich plot or lush cinematography but rather due to its display of one or more crush-worthy characters Is it love? Is it lust? Is it just raging hormones and a tall dude with a beard? Join us for Spring Fling Month and find out. And this week, we are kicking things off with 2013's Only Lovers Left Alive. You being so reclusive and everything is probably only going to make people more interested in your music. Yeah. What a drag. Hello. What is it? You look tired. Can't you tell your wife what your problem is? It's the way they treat the world. And now they've succeeded in contaminating their own blood, never mind their water. Typo negativo. Been expecting you for some reason, uh, Dr. Faust. I'll come. It's just the traveling that's such a drag. I had a dream about your sister. Shouldn't she be sleeping in a coffin somewhere anyway? Probably with a wooden stake shoved in. I'm really, really hungry. Do you maybe have something? Could you smell it all the way from LA? It's always a bit weird with family. Whoa, man. So welcome to our first segment, which is called Setting the Scene, where we introduce the movie at hand and then have a little spoiler-free chat about our history with it. So we both talk about, you know, if we've seen it before, if we have a long and storied relationship with the movie, et cetera, et cetera. But in case you weren't aware, 
and you need to be welcomed directly into the house of vampires that is only lovers left alive, it's essentially a super chill vampire film. It's a movie about two ethereal beings named Adam and Eve who are vampires and they're very much in love and they live on different continents. And it's all vibes all day. Well, and while some things do occur in the movie, there are inciting incidents and there is action and there are things that happen. It's not exactly action-packed or ever scary. It's more of a meditation on love and music and literature and just being extremely cool. And Fernanda, this was your pick this week and your crush. So I want to let you go first. What is your history with Only Lovers Left Alive? I had seen it once before um, and kind of recently, like a year ago or something. And my uh, husband, who I mention all the time on the show, and I know it's annoying, but such is life because he's the only person (laughs) I hang out with all day, every day for two years. Uh, He (laughs) kept convincing me. He kept trying to convince me to watch it. Uh, But totally, because he knows how I feel about like being pressured into watching a thing, which is why I've never watched Breaking Bad. But I digress. (laughs) And um, he kept telling me, like, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. But I was like, I was very vampired out. Um, Sure. I think all of us are to an extent. It's it's been a lot. I feel like people have ruined vampires and zombies in a general sense. Like, there's too much of it. Too much of a good thing. Uh, too can much happen. bad thing too. Like there's a lot of terrible things about vampires. The, yes, so they like, are. Yeah. Well, they are creatures who live forever and have to, well, technically not have to kill other people, as we see in some of the mythology, including in this movie where they talk about how killing people is so. 15th century but uh, <laughs> yeah they're generally yeah. less aspirational than our culture uh paints them out to be uh, but, <laughs> so i was like oh vampires i don't know and then it's like jim jarmusch it's like ah he's like always so cool and things are so cool and it's like it looked a little pretentious to me so i was like not my thing and uh so i was like very i was dragging my feet uh one day i think it was a sunday and like he I don't know, I was too tired to debate this. So <laughs> I just let him put on the movie and ended up really, really liking it. And the reason why I had Tom Hiddleston in my mind as my pick for the crush is because I had never really gotten the concept of Tom Hiddleston before. Sure, sure. <laughs> I remember seeing like when he had his brief affair with uh, one T Swift and I was like, <laughs> I don't get it. Not because he's unattractive i don't think that he just looked very basic to me and like Mm -hmm. you know kind of like very nondescript in comparison to some of the people she had dated before and i'm kind of like i don't i don't it's i don't know is he supposed to be sexy is he supposed to be handsome (laughs) i just don't see it uh then i watched a movie and i was like oh i guess i do see it hello tom how are you (laughs) are you free later tonight okay i digress but yes that was kind of my (laughs) My, my my sort of general take on it. Uh, and then, and obviously I ended up enjoying the movie or I wouldn't have suggested that we watched it again. And then as we were going through our options this month, for a month that ended up being trickier, we kind of touched on this in the last episode, which kicked off, uh, we kicked off the month with your pick, yes. Bound, which by the way, listen to the episode and watch the movie. All of you. Yeah, both, do both of those things, please. Yeah. After, after this. Listen to this, and then you go back and do that. We know we have time. What else are you doing? 
<laughs> the world is ending. There's nothing better to do. Uh, but I I was wrecking my brain trying to figure. It ended up being so challenging. It ended up being so challenging. I had a really tough time this month because I wanted to pick something that was interesting. I wanted to pick something that would make sense as a standalone movie, not just a character. I wanted to pick something, obviously, because I do care about people's opinions of me because I live in the world. Um, I was like, I want to pick something that displays my personality. I wanted to pick something that make me seem cool. And I wanted to pick a non-problematic, a non-problematic crush, which turned out to be a very, very difficult job as a straight woman. Um, sure. Who sure. had crushes on dudes portrayed in movies in the early 2000s. Um, so it's a process. And at one point I just kind of gave up and just like, you know what? I have a crush on this emo vampire. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Only God can judge me. And I'm an atheist. <laughs> Nobody can judge me. I'm just going to run with my dumbest pick and I don't care who sees it. And uh, you you are also excited about the movie and I know you'll like it. So that's how, that's my history with Only Lovers Left Alive and the reason why we ended up coming to it for my pick this month. Yeah. Honestly, I'm so glad. I also still feel bad about The Green Knight. <laughs> genuinely feel bad about it i just want you to be happy and have nice things in your life fernanda so i'm like really happy that we that there are there are nice things that you like and they're good um (laughs) very sweet but it's okay like i said i know green knight just like bulgaria split squats we gotta do it gotta do it you gotta do them so love it but gotta do it and it helps build character and muscle i feel like I feel like my quads and glutes are stronger after the green nights. It's, so. it's true. It's true. Don't feel bad. In the We're long run, it was beneficial. <laughs> <laughs> now, the next time I watch that movie, I will do Bulgarian split squats in your honor. I'm just <laughs> letting you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My history with Only Lovers Left Alive, I saw it, I think, in theaters. I'm pretty sure. There, this was during the period of my life where I was reviewing a lot of movies. I was at mm-hmm. um, was at Polygon, and I was going to a lot of screenings, and I had started doing a bunch of movie reviews, and it was very fun. I don't think I reviewed this, but I was like going to screenings a lot and watching a lot of movies in theaters, which was really nice. It's something I miss doing. <laughs> going to theaters is nice, but... As we kind of always discuss, there's no time for it ever in my ridiculous life. So it's a thing I miss and I'm nostalgic for. Uh, But yeah, I loved it. It it just kind of spoke to me in certain ways. I really just enjoyed that it was kind of like a post-horror movie that's like just taking a horror concept and just being chill about Mm it um, and just kind of having fun with it. It's not even really, it's sort of described as a comedy, even though I think there are some definite comedic elements but it doesn't like feel yeah. like a laugh a minute kind of comedy mm-hmm. it's more like a chill movie about hanging out and like mm-hmm. being in love and you know living for an extremely long time and what it is to kind of be alive for all these times and i like me some philosophical bullshit let me just tell you <laughs> how much i like that kind of shit so this just really appealed to me the first time i saw it it was wonderful to watch it again i watched it with my girlfriend I think she stayed awake for most of it, which is like a good sign, you know, Um, (laughs) which is nice. Uh, So, yeah, I've always kind of liked this movie. I have a crush on both of them. Mm -hmm. This is like absolutely where I can say, no, I get it. I get it. (laughs) I do get it. Again, I'm like 80, 20 gay. 
with like 45 Y's at the end of that gay. So it's like real gay. But like, I, I get it. I get it. A hundred percent. He's he's an emo vampire. He's hot. You know, he like loves music. He's really into art. Yes, he's a he's a sad sack, but he's like the kind of sad sack that's real nice to look at and think about like, yeah, why don't you strum your guitar at me, Tom? Like, that's nice. Well, his name is Adam in the movie, obviously. But like, yeah, it's, I get it. And of course, like, who, I don't know. I'm sure some people don't. And not everyone is attracted to women. So I'm not saying this in any kind of exclusive way, but does anybody not have a crush on Tilda Swinton and also no, Eve in this movie? Because I know we're doing characters. So like, come on, come on. Beautiful, gorgeous, unbelievably talented, weird, love all of these things. So, like, frankly, I have a crush on both of the characters. Yet I again, I'm, I'm thinking like... Thinking about it. Only four for four, alive. I guess. Like, two for two <laughs> last week, two for two this week. I'm I just crushing on everybody we're watching. So, yeah. you know. I was going to say, though, when I think about it, Only Lovers Left Alive, it's very much Danielle Catnip. I feel... Yep, it is. It really feels a lot of boxes of, like, things you like. <laughs> It does. <laughs> and like, maybe I should be slightly embarrassed by that, but I'm not. No, it's I'm not. It's, my life. That's yeah. the highest compliment. Like Thank it would be you. worse if I was like, oh, this, I don't even know, like Weekend at Bernie's, which we reviewed <laughs> and it's actually a fun movie. <laughs> actually, oh, Weekend at Bernie's <laughs> really speaks to Danielle's soul. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> As a dead no- guy having a party, I truly. <laughs> I identify with Bernie. It's like... <laughs> It really 100%. does all the elements like uh, so I feel like this is a high compliment because it is a very I meant in the sense that there is like the intellectual part of it, but not in an excessive or a sort of overbearing way. It's it's like it's got a lot of texture, like you said, and I know how much yeah. you appreciate a movie with texture and yeah. it's got some humor. Yes. Right. But not yeah. like you said, it's not a ha ha comedy, but it's got those little moments. And I know it's how a- much you appreciate that, too. And two unproblematic characters, because they are very much so, who also yeah. happen to be hot. Like, yeah. what's not to like? So yeah. it's pretty great. Compliment. They don't even kill people. They they're nice. Like, honestly, they're the most unproblematic <laughs> vampires in the <laughs> history really of are. movies. They really are nice. I'm sure they've done murders, you know, a thousand oh. years ago, but like they're done with that. They're done. <laughs> they're very of limit- nice. Statute of limitations. Okay. If you've gone like multiple times over. <laughs> if yeah. you've like 80 years without a murder, I forgive you. You're doing all right. You know, what's a little murder across 45 <laughs> lifetimes? You know, I mean, <laughs> like who could say? Oh, it's growth. That is beautiful growth. Um, All right, so we are now going to mosey on over uh, to our stripping it down section. I shouldn't say mosey on over because vampires can move very quickly. So I guess we will flash forward (laughs) to our stripping it down section. Uh, Just so you know, there will be spoilers. Uh, There will be blood. There will be spoilers. Typo negative. They like it a lot. Uh, And just that's your brief warning. We're now going to discuss the movie in delicious depth. Okay, 
So Fernando, we've already touched a little bit on a couple of your must discuss items, including the now getting it, of course, about Tom Hiddleston, uh, the actor here, of course, which by the way, we learned, thanks to Paul, our incredible producer, and Yang, uh, Paul's incredible partner, that Hiddleston was actually playing some of those instruments, that he was like really doing it. He was actually kind of making making some music, which I think makes him more crush-worthy. I just want to know what your perspective is on that. The fact that he has those talents in real life is like, yeah, it's pretty cool too. That adds to, I know we're talking about characters, not just actors, but yeah. kind of adds to the vibe, I feel. It goes together, I feel. Yeah. Like even when yeah. I was picking, I try to go forward, like, okay, these are the actors that I have crushes on. Let's see if I'll find like the characters. So I went yeah. through Tom Hardy, Idris Elba, like did the whole yeah. uh, Ethan Hawke in the early 90s, uh, but didn't, didn't, yeah, that was, was kind of sad actually. It was like, Tom Hardy, like, I don't have a question. Bronson, Mad Max is like probably the closest that he's ever gone to be. Yeah, not Venom, right? (laughs) Venom, me. I think Venom is, isn't Venom also kind of like problematic? I saw the first one in the movies. I don't really remember much of it, but I'm pretty sure he's like an anti hero type. But I, I could he, he go He does on. a bad when he, because he's a journalist and he fucks mm-hmm. over his girlfriend. So he does a bad. He does a bad. There, okay. Yeah. See, they all do. They all do. But I digress <laughs> again because talking about yummy man is something I could do for a long, long time, which I don't know. Again, we're, we've I mean, decided nobody can for, judge us. Fernanda. No, we, that's <laughs> what we're here for today. We've decided this is a safe space and I'm yeah. not ashamed to confess that. Like actually, my quintessential crush is Paul Rudd in Clueless. I'm not not gonna run away <laughs> from that fact. It's just reality. But um, yeah. yeah, the fact is like so. Here's this guy. When I saw it for the second time, I kind of realized how much cooler the Tilda Swinton character is. Sure. Because sure. Eve, obviously, because Adam. Adam is like gloomy and he's brooding and he's really, really sad. And he's like, obviously, uh, content warning, he's suicidal uh, in the movie. That's kind of the plot because Eve realizes that he's suicidal and she goes to see him. And she's like a more take charge type of person. She's like more living in the presence. He's like kind of like soaking in the misery of everything and on the what what I think is just sheer boredom because how can you not be bored after living so many freaking years? He's seen yeah. everything and he says something very profound about how he feels like the sand is all at the the bottom of the of the hourglass. I forgot the name of the thing. Hourglass. Yes. Um so he's kind of like a bummer, to be honest. <laughs> he is, yeah. He's a bummer <laughs> of a character. And Tilda Swinton is so cool. She's got like the cool parts of being a vampire, minus all the sadness. So objectively, Tilda Swinton's character, Eve, is just like a nicer person to be around, I guess. However, and this is when like the, the sort of more... Um, less less uh tangible aspects of the crush come in yeah i feel like this the specific gloominess and sad and sadness portrayed by adam very much speaks to my specific brand of gloominess and sadness like i too am a very introspective emo person 
who just doesn't see the point. So it's kind of like, that's how I feel like my heart really speaks to his heart. But then like, take all that. This guy's like a musical genius of some sort, even though his yeah. music, no offense, is really fucking boring. Um, <laughs> he can He's play. in a depressed period, I guess. Could be. You know? yeah. yeah, that was just his art. And honestly, not, not everything is for me. I'm sure there's a big market for his music. And <laughs> we, I could learn, to, I, I would respect his artistry even though my taste doesn't necessarily uh, match his. Uh, sure, but, like, he sure. can play every instrument. He used to hang out with, like, fucking Mary Shelley and, like, yes. I don't know who was that, Edgar Allan Poe, and he was <laughs> there for, like, the great scientists, and he's a genius who knows all the things and who also happens to be a anonymous rock star. Like, these are all very appealing qualities and then you told me like oh yeah he was actually playing the violin i'm like oh. that's fucking cool oh it? man oh yeah. man oh man my crush really does make sense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. but yeah they're both like you said they're both extremely extremely crush crush worthy uh yeah. in the movie but it did change like i was kind of like consciously kind of like ah i don't know this is very like 14 year old me responding to Tom Hiddleston. I don't know if I don't know if this is a more a, a less conscious part of my brain talking right now, but it is the heart wants what it wants, Danielle. And my heart yeah. is moderately thirsty for Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to the sad, sad boy, Adam. One of the reasons this movie appeals to me so, so much um, kind of has to do with a lot of this. And it also is like, I totally hear what you're saying about the like, oh, is this 14 year old me kind of responding to this? Because it does feel almost like primal in certain ways. And like, it's almost like a primal attraction to, for me, like this idea of a Renaissance person, right? People who are ridiculously mm -hmm. good at radically different things. I find that beyond attractive. It's something I like strive for in my life. I try to be good at radically different things and have radically different jobs. And I do that because I'm ridiculous, but also it's like, that's so attractive to me. Like there's just something about that quality. The fact that Adam is like a genius engineer who's figured out how to like power his house, <laughs> like weirdly off the grid with like weird machines that he took from Tesla and also a genius artist who's like a musician yeah. who, yes, he's in a depressing period, but he's still like making interesting work, I suppose. Even if, again, I know it's not necessarily like, oh, this is the best music I've ever heard, but it's like, okay, I get that he's, He's, he's sad, but he's at least still being creative. Yeah, I mean, so, so like, people like the Mars Volta, of, you know, like people have. Yeah, their own yeah. <laughs> and like, I like some industrial stuff. I like some sound stuff. Like I like a whole bunch of stuff. I have eclectic music tastes myself. I actually truly Because you love, are an eclectic person. I am. And it's, again, like it has this idea of like, oh, this Renaissance person who mm -hmm. is good at many different things and has their hands and their brain and their curiosity in different subjects. Like they're yeah. both science geniuses too. They know every species name of every flora and fauna and they get excited about it. They get excited when the mushrooms aren't growing in the right place and when different animals are around. Like they have this like, I, I almost want to say childlike wonder about the world, even though they get very depressed about it or Adam gets very depressed about it because yeah. of course the world is incredibly depressing and humans are very depressing. But like they have this, childlike curiosity about the world and about the universe, the way they talk about the 
is it a white dwarf star? I forget exactly what they're talking about. Like, oh, the star that like pulses at a rate oh, that makes beautiful star. music. Mm-hmm. Like that shit, I know it's pretentious and we will talk about that too. <laughs> and I know that they're snobs and we'll talk about that too. <laughs> but that shit, I fucking love it. Like, yes, be curious about the world. And one good thing, if, if there is a good thing about living this long, means you could have like a PhD level depth of knowledge in 400 different subject areas. And how is that not the coolest thing? You know, they speak all these languages. They read all these beautiful books. When um, Eve prepares to travel, she like gets so excited about all the books that she's bringing. It has to like, she has several suitcases of books. Like it's just books. Cause she's so excited about like, oh, what literature and what language do I feel like for this trip? Like again, pretentious, yes. Snobby, yes fucking incredibly cool because it shows that curiosity and that Mm -hmm. desire to live and that desire to like understand the world and know more about the world. Mm -hmm. Oh, give it to me on a plate and keep it coming because I love it. And it is like a weirdly a thing I associate with like how obsessed with Star Trek I was as a kid, like especially the next generation, because Mm -hmm. those are all people who are space explorers in a beautiful you know, post-capitalist society where humanity is at its best and can now explore the stars and, you know, go to brave new worlds and have adventures. But also everybody there is like an engineer and a scientist and a leader and a pilot and also an artist. And also they're learning to paint and do performance art and, you know, go walk in the gardens and all sorts of stuff. Like it's like this idealized form of humanity where you're able to engage in all these intellectual and physical and sensory pursuits. Yeah. And to me, that's like, that's ideal humanity. Getting to do all these things, all these amazing things and understand these things. It is. So like, that's, that's the that's interesting Eve. part, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they show that in two very different, like the two very different outcomes of that mm-hmm. same sort of existence. Because yeah. Eve is kind of like you in that Eve understands that she's had, right, this... Uh, it's, and that's obviously just my interpretation. They never say sure, things sure. that much. But uh, <laughs> it's my interpretation that Eve kind of like knows the privilege sort of, quote unquote, of this yeah. life. She has gathered all this knowledge and she is interested in in doing more of that. Right. And just absorbing and being there and getting to live, sort of live out this sort of, like you said, ideal existence as it comes. She's not really worried about what happens next. While Adam, he is, he gets an existential funk about that because the way he experiences it, it's kind of like, okay, I've seen all of it. I've consumed all of this knowledge. I've, all this artistry, I've produced my own art. And what is there left? Like his, her, I feel like her existence takes a turn for like the more idealist or just like the more hedonist maybe and his like more to the nihilist, um, the nihilistic, you know, and it's, I I was actually doing my nerdy research uh, for this one and I came across like (laughs) a, an academic like sort of thing that I, it was long and a lot of big words. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Go through it that carefully. But at one point, the author was talking about something about how both of them live in the present uh, yes. in a way. Like there is no, the past is in the past. They revisit it, but from a sort of distance. And there's no really 
that's not really an idea of a future, but that even though both of them are like existing in that present, it's such a contrasting way of doing that. And like, I admire Eve's way of going about it, but I relate more to Adam's way of going about it on a personal level. And that to me was so interesting about these two characters. Like, I feel like they, uh, Everybody, I mean, and obviously uh, Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston, too, did (laughs) such a very good job of making these very different people seem so deeply connected and intertwined and complementary. Like, their love story, to me, is really one for the ages, um yeah. literally but also, yeah. <laughs> yeah i was laughing i was like it is yeah i think it's such a beautiful love story because it's based like they don't live together they live in separate fucking continents like and honestly imagine living with somebody for centuries hell to yeah. the no like i can understand needing your distance your space, you space. Adam and Eve. Yeah, like, you need space. <laughs> you need space. And they get to ex- like they're living in separate continents, but they still have this insanely uh strong bond, like that Eve can talk to him and realize that he's in trouble and and go to him. And that it is a, a relationship of like it's it's a relationship that doesn't seem codependent, even right. though it is sort of self um it is very much symbiotic. Yes. Uh, yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't look it doesn't possess at least for the fraction of time that we can watch like it doesn't seem it doesn't get ugly. It's very right. like nice to to see sort of that just like those two characters interact in like very mundane ways and you know both of them dancing in the living room is just such a sweet <laughs> scene and you know eve sleeping with her like legs over adam those like little <laughs> small things are just so enchanting and it's very it, to me just very interesting because i feel like especially now i i a lot of us we have knowing what we know about like toxic relationships and <laughs> abusive relationships, yep. things like that. Like I at least feel like I nitpick every relationship I see in movies and, you know, I've always try to think like, don't idealize this pairing. Uh, and of course there's not a lot to idealize here. There are vampires in a decaying world and one of them is suicidal, <laughs> but I still, yeah. I still I idealize mean, their love so much. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it is actually a really healthy relationship. And to me, like, genuinely, so I kind of had this as a note, like, obviously, in most fiction, we talk about how awful it would be to be, to live for hundreds or thousands of years. Like, they're mm-hmm. not immortal. Like, importantly, like, yes, it, it is possible for them to make a decision. Uh, but yeah, of course, we've already said, uh, you know, trigger warning here or content warning here, but uh, about uh, the decision to end one's life. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a thing that happens here. For me, I read this in such a way, and like, to be clear, while I aspire to Eve's point of view and I try to have it all the time, I also really get it with Adam. I have severe depression, anxiety, and OCD. I have like a fun triple threat of of shit that's wrong with my brain. So I 100% A cute little triangle. He feels, yeah, a cute little triangle (laughs) in my head. Um, So I like a thousand percent agree with Mm -hmm. his perspective and get his perspective. And the, the idea of like, you know, all of this is so crushing and so tiring and so depressing is like absolutely valid and real and something I feel all the time too. Mm -hmm. To me, I saw them as being, 
yeah, I guess symbiotic is a way of saying it, but also they're really good for each other. Like Mm -hmm. it it is, I'm not trying to say again that having a partner who wants to do self-harm is good for anyone. So like, please don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say, but he does also have a grounding effect on Eve and she clearly loves him. And And he goes to bat for her and loves her and treats her wonderfully. And like, it's not like a, oh, there's some sort of, you know, toxic element to that relationship. It's almost like, here's how to deal with your partner's mental health crisis. <laughs> like, yeah. Go over, see them, and then dance together. I know I'm oversimplifying by, you know, a factor of a billion. But there is this sense of like, yes, he is pretty morose. He is very depressed. And he also loves her a lot. And they can figure out a way to move forward together. And to me, that's very hopeful. Like, yeah. to me, watching this and feeling like, okay, maybe it is possible even if you have severe mental illness, to find a way forward with someone that you love, to find a healthy relationship with someone that you love and to actually yeah. be able to make that happen. And even if it is on this time scale that we can't even begin to comprehend, there's something about this that just feels very real and very nice in terms of like, hey, what if we don't die from our afflictions, but we learn to kind of deal with them and get through them and help each other through them? Like, maybe I'm reading a lot into this. Mm. And this is the kind of movie you can read a lot into because, again, not that much happens. Yes, there's a plot. Yes, there is, like, you know, he's very sad and he feels suicidal and she comes over and they spend time together. And she really does kind of bring him out of some of his depression. I'm not saying she cures it because it doesn't get cured. That's, like, kind of exactly what I'm saying here is that there is no cure uh, for this. But you can potentially find healthy ways forward. And that's what I find very hopeful and promising. But yeah, there is like, a, there is an accidental murder. There is uh, a There's whole character actual- here that we haven't even mentioned yet that I love and adore. And Anton Yelkin, I get sad Aww. every time I see him in a movie because what a, jo- what a joy. Peace. What a rest in peace. He died in a really, really freak accident um, yeah. not too long after this movie was made, I think. Um, and a delight and... Yeah, it, it actually adds a little bit more sadness, I think, to some of the movie to just be like, oh, you know, what a delightful yeah. like person who's in this movie in this kind of fun and funny role of like, you know, Adam's fixer in the music <laughs> industry. It's just yeah. kind of he just does what Adam wants him to do. Yeah. And he's just happy to do it because Adam is so cool. And like and he they knows seem that to he's have a, a pretty good musician, too. Yeah, he just, they seem to have, like, a pretty good relationship, actually, as, like, his weird little friend, you know. It's, it's <laughs> who actually gets pretty wooden funny. bullets. And- oh, he gets him a wooden bullet for what he thinks is an art project. He's just so, <laughs> like, sweet and innocent. And, like, it cost him being this sweet and innocent, but, it you did. know. That's the problem, because... Ava comes over, the shitty little sister comes by and eats him and it's fucked up. Oh, and then they have to move and then, oh, Christopher Marlowe is in. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I guess just talking about the core romance, it is also really nice to see, um, like, I don't know. Here's the, here's the thing. And I don't want this to sound offensive, but this doesn't feel like a, like, toxic heteronormativity romance yeah. either. <laughs> like, they obviously have gendered things about them, but Tilda Swinton is a very androgynous kind of presenting person. Mm-hmm. And here in this movie, so so is Tom Hiddleston. Like they're both yeah. like long haired, you know, very, I mean, this is a literal, I mean this like in the literal sense, they're very pale. <laughs> like they're just kind of ghostly <laughs> creatures, yeah. but they're not like ridiculously gendered either. Obviously one is, is uh, you know, a yeah. woman character and one is a man character, but they don't feel like, 
I am man, I do this. I am woman, I do this. They're both interested in the same things. They both love music and art and science and all this kind of stuff. They both have long hair and dance and like dance in ways that also aren't super gendered. So I liked that a lot about this. This felt like, oh, this is, love can be like this. It doesn't have to be this weird, super hyper gendered experience or, you know, super hyper heteronormative thing either. It can just be chill. And I like that a lot about this movie. I'm going to stop talking because I am no, gushing now at this I love point. It. But it's true. Like, but can you imagine if you, unless you're like Edward Cullen uh, and you're like a <laughs> hundred and something and you're like, I'm just going to go after this 17 year old. And uh, yeah, which, you not, know, not the best. that's disgusting. Edward not, Cullen. The best. not the best. Not the that best. That is yep. fucking gross. Twilight has problems, but we're not <laughs> <laughs> but that would be a whole separate podcast. Uh, yeah, that's, maybe that's we'll a, analyze that's a them. show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll go deeper into that in another uh, theme this month. Uh, but well, having said that, after reading the books, I did have a crush on Edward Cullen. So, yeah, listen, that's it for my my confessions right. today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was before the movie. In my We're being defense, very real today, and it's good. Yeah, I was a teen myself, like early adult, and I hadn't stopped to consider that Edward Cullen was like an old man, essentially going after a teenager. Creepy but, old man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's the thing that really annoys me in these movies about like vampires falling in love with humans. That it's like you have gathered uh, centuries or I don't know, millennia or decades of knowledge. You've you've seen so much. And your soul has, like, absorbed so much. I have a tough time seeing, like, how are you going to, like, develop a, an emotional bond with us stupid little humans <laughs> who only live, like, I don't know, 100 years if we're lucky, like, some more, right. maybe less. But, like, when you can just hang out with other people, well, people may not be the word, other ethereal <laughs> beings. beings. <laughs> Less <laughs> slash curse with immortality such as yourself like how is a person who you know used to hang out with like mary mary shelley and who like i don't know uh or with harlow who literally had shakespeare steal his work how are you gonna relate on a fundamental level with somebody who's like limited by time that's right. just impossible. So this to me is another thing why I like this movie and these dynamics. Like these are two immortal beings. And she was she's older than him, apparently, right? Because there's a moment where she says that he missed out on the plague and <laughs> Yeah, I think she's way older than him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he missed out on all that fun stuff of the <laughs> Inquisition. Um, but you know, these are two people who cannot really relate on a more on such a, a much deeper level. And I, you know, also on that sort of like the immortality aspect of it, that's another thing I really like about this movie because while this is a theme that it is touched on on basically every vampire stuff because it is sort of a very big fundamental question, right? Like we're all searching for eternal youth. Like we're all, it's such a part of the human mythology that we always want to find ways to live longer. And that theoretically, if somebody were to say, oh, you can be immortal, like all of us would jump at the opportunity to do that. Um, yeah. I would not, but <laughs> as a general thing, right? This is something that is aspirational. And at the same time, obviously it's 
got its issues. And we've seen it in a lot of like vampire related um, uh, work and, you know, the idea of seeing everyone you love die of, you know, of course, all of that. But I feel like it's always done in a sort of grandiose way in this sort of like profound, like, uh, it's like super tense and, and dense kind of like way. And in this movie, the way that they portray the like sort of, issues of immortality and the issues of the passing of time uh through the lens of everyday stuff that to me is the really cool stuff because it's not like adam is sitting there pondering about all the things he's seen and experienced and and you know what he gets to live now though he is obviously in a more (laughs) fundamental level like what we see is him just like living in this city that looks so freaking depressing at night and we only see it at (laughs) night right and everything is decadent and falling apart and without the element of people bringing the structures to life it does look extremely depressing and discouraging and you know he's living alone and having to get through the day-to-day the boredom and just this sort of feeling of you know, I kind of seen it all and done like what is left for me, which is very relatable on a very human level. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but absolutely you are. Yeah. You know, that's it's so chill. (laughs) It's like a big part of it, you know, exactly what you're saying. It's a hangout movie. They're hanging out and like casually talking about, (laughs) you know, uh, the, the great music they got to see being done. Even in the beginning in the little scene when he talks about, uh, watching a musician live and now I forget who it was. And then, uh, Anton's character looks at him. It's like, you, you, excuse me, you remember seeing him? And then Adam's like, uh, yeah, on YouTube. <laughs> right, like, right, right. It's so good. <laughs> it's one of those yeah. little, this happens very casually in their conversations, right? Like, and Tilda has, uh, Eve has lived all these lives and she's still in the phone trying to figure out how to get a plane ticket with the right. proper times, like with the proper like layovers yep, <laughs> and it's like, and, you know, which credit card do you want? And trying to figure out like very basic logistics of traveling <laughs> like the rest of us. It's all like, that's what I really like about it. Like the, his sort of exist, the existential aspects of this, uh, of particularly Adam's suffering. Um, they're done in, in a way that we as like, stupid humans or zombies as they would call them can actually relate to yeah yeah it is and it's almost really i want to talk uh specifically like use this as a segue to talk a little bit about the humor in the movie too because that works so well for me too that it is this like super chill vibe and it's existential but it's also because like basically going out and getting groceries for Adam is this hilarious fucking exercise in dressing up as a doctor from the 60s, which is my favorite part of this. Like the antique stethoscope. It's very, very funny. And Jeffrey Wright is only in this movie for a few minutes, but he is a fucking delight as like the doctor who gets, you know, some some cash for giving him some blood. Like it's very, very, very funny. And like gently funny. It, again, yeah. this movie's not like, you know, it's not like uh, what we do in the shadows, which is hilarious, right? Like, I've actually only seen the movie. I haven't seen the show, but I love that movie. And I know I will love that show when I watch it. It's not an if, it's a when, because I know I will like it so much. But like, that's 
really funny and doing the sort of modern vampires, you know, it's not a horror. It's like, it's a funny vampire show, right? This is like no, so gentle. It's all winking and nodding. You're not guffawing, you know, at any point in this movie, but it's like so good that it makes you feel good. It makes me like smile and be like, Haha, you know, little giggle, not like a giant belly laugh, but it, it goes with the chill vibes. Like this movie is all about the vibes, including the funny vibes and the funny like little jokes about like, you know, Christopher Marlowe still being around and being pissed about Shakespeare. <laughs> like it's like, I don't know. I just find I'm calling him like amusing. an illiterate Philistine. Like <laughs> yeah, Philistine. Like, I don't know. Philistine. I don't know how to say Yeah, yeah, you got it. it. It just, it's funny. It's funny without being like, aha, you know, the beautiful construction of this joke. It's more like, that was funny. I liked that. Let's keep out. <laughs> exactly. Let's keep hanging out, movie. You're funny. I like you. Like, I have a crush on this movie, I think is what's I going think, on. I think so, yes. <laughs> and I love yeah. it. Because there's yeah. no more beautiful feeling than a crush, I think. <sighs> it's really it's like, nice. Yeah. It's so pure and, like, cute in its own little way. And, you know, there's a perfect stage of crushdom, which is when there's still some idealism where you can exist in that state of like abstraction where you don't need it to be solid, where it doesn't need to come through, where it doesn't like turn into obsession or whatever. Cause you know, some things, some people make shit weird all the time. Yeah, uh, but right. <laughs> even when it's like just a little bit painful, it's such a, like a, I don't know. It's such a, a very human state to be in. And I feel like all of us can relate to having a crush all of us yeah, weren't sociopaths, so. but like the experience <laughs> of having a crush is so human that yeah. I don't know. Having a crush on a movie is amazing. It's like, I feel like I have a crush on A Star is Born, so I can absolutely understand. Gotcha. And it's gotcha. a much less cool crush. So <laughs> this is a, a well, very this is cool also movie like crush. a. This this is on the nose for me. So like I, you know, it's like, okay. The only way this would be more on the nose is if they were both women, right? But it's okay. Uh, but I mean, like you yeah. said, there's some androgyny going on. They both yeah, have, there, I love how they all have yeah. terrible hair too. I love they it. They all have long <laughs> flowing, like, who they're knows not, if they. <laughs> yeah, they're like exactly. stringy Elizabeth Holmes hair, which, by the way, is what annoys <laughs> me the most about the sociopath. She had millions of dollars, billions, and yeah. she still had stringy, dry ass hair that just stuck out from her ponytail. Uh, so <laughs> that that's yeah. upsetting. But again, <laughs> again I'm kind of... Um, yeah, the t going on a tangent here. Uh, they they all have bad hair, and I love that for our vampires because I feel like they've been portrayed too romantically throughout history. Yeah, and I like that but they're, they're just hot, hot. <laughs> but they're hot with like hair that really needs some good like hydration. Like maybe yeah, that's the thing. Know, I don't think they hydrate much. <laughs> like I, I think they like. The bathroom still doesn't work. And clearly that bathroom hasn't worked for years. So it's like, I don't think it showers, really. Probably. Mm, my crush is... Like, but I don't think they produce bodily odors. That's the thing. I don't think they sweat either. Like, no shower, but also no sweat. So, like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe they just smell like um, cedar. You know, I'm, that's <laughs> what I'm going to choose to believe. They smell like nice cedar they love wood like we've we've established they know what every kind of wood is yeah they have like a nice earthy smell but not an unpleasant earthy smell like cedar 
maybe a little pine in okay. there, cedar and pine, you know? See that? And that's nice. <laughs> like it's not, nice. It's a nice smell. Yeah. It's better than like an overpowering <laughs> cologne or like really right. strong aftershave, just natural <laughs> pines. Nice natural, natural <laughs> earthy tone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now my personal mythology is vampires just smell like pine. <laughs> Like well, just... like these vampires, because they're nice vampires who are um, don't kill people, so they don't smell they like do blood. They're not like in... getting blood everywhere. It's nice and contained. You know what I mean? Like they have the popsicles, they have the little flask. Like it's all very contained. They're not like drinking people endlessly and making a mess, except for Ava, of course. But in the end, know. they do kill people. That's kind of what I was thinking. They were just going to turn them. They're just going to turn them. Oh, they do say, yeah, she says, let's just turn them. And that's wrong. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's still like They're pretty nice. I mean, okay, that is a little fucked up, but they also are going (laughs) to die. So it's like one of those where it's like, okay, it's almost like, listen, now hear me out. Legal (laughs) argument here. If you're literally going to die and you will turn someone into a creature of the night who can still have a healthy, productive, happy life, as we've mm-hmm. seen throughout the entire movie. Yeah. You kind of get a pass from me. It's like, you will literally die if you don't do this, and you're not going to kill them. You're going to change their life. It might yeah. not be super nice of you. I'm not saying this is, like, a thing you should do. But, like, in the scheme of things, it's like, okay. All right. And they were a couple. Listen, so they're maybe not going to see thought... the sun anymore, so that's fucked up. It is yeah. fucked up. It is fucked up. But, but I mean, the sun does give you skin cancer. So it's like- It does. And they these this other couple can now have like a chance at this infinite life. Yeah. And they were, because that's the thing. And I think that's why, right? They, they keep them, they choose them maybe because it's a couple and they think, okay, at least they'll have each other. They'll have each other, which also which, does make some implications. I know it, this isn't perfect. Because <laughs> I'm thinking like, what if perfect. they were just like hooking up for the night and they're like- right, they just met. Now like, I'm stuck with you. <laughs> like, fuck that. I don't even like this guy. We just went on a date and I was a little tipsy and he was here and I was here. I was like, ah, why not? Let's make out a little. And now we're stuck together forever. Well, so, I mean, I suppose they could now, find other partners. Like, I guess, I, I think the implication is like, okay, it looks like they're really in love. So that's yeah. cool. But like, they could go, you know, they could go to other cities. They could find other partners. They're not saying they have to stay together. That's like a condition of this. But I mean, yeah. I get it. It's... It's still not nice to turn somebody into <laughs> but I, I, I want to be say? clear. I will, I will <laughs> forgive them because we have also the contrast, like you said, with Ava, who we didn't talk about. It was really irresponsible. Like that's her, that's her main character trait is irresponsibility and chaos. And it's like, they're not like that at all. They, they don't like killing people. And like, it's not like Eve is sad necessarily about, is his name Ian? I actually forget. I've been calling him Anton and I apologize. I think it's um, Ian or something like that. Um, she She's like, it's not like she's like depressed about it. Obviously, Adam is sad about it because he really liked him. He was his little buddy. And like, and, and Eve is like, I'm sorry. He was so lovely. You know, like it's I'm not saying they're sad, but they have care on some level for individual lives. And that's certainly something that's more than a lot of actual humans do. <laughs> so no, logistically too, right? Like this vampire, if you think about it, like, their existences are sort of precarious too. Cause it's they like are, he yeah. loses his blood bank fix and she loses her uh her supplier who who dies from being sick from blood. So like right. they can get infected by blood, 
which is also another thing that maybe we don't think about when it comes with right. vampires, to vampires, right? They have and, to be careful. Yeah. And then they're put in a terrible situation because logistically they're like fucked. And you're like, oh my God, you don't even think about that with vampires, especially vampires. And I don't even think that they don't like killing people. It, they act like it's above them. Which is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. I, with Ava, I felt like personally attacked a little because Adam's reaction to her presence felt a lot <laughs> like my sister's husband's reaction to when I'm around. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and my sister's younger. Uh, but I am much, very much, she's like the more responsible sister. And I feel like I'm the one who comes in, makes a mess and starts calling them boring and being like, why do we go out? You just stay home all day. And then like eats all their peanut butter. That's me. I'm the Ava in this situation, Danielle. So this is another way in which this movie personally attacked me. Uh, <laughs> oh I'm both God. an introverted emo vampire <laughs> who blames humanity for her problems oh and a silly, irresponsible little vampire who just thinks everybody's boring because she leads a very, like, carefree life. So I lo- the dig on LA is a little funny. Too, it's amazing. As a, as a not LA lover, and I don't hate LA. We've talked about this. Yeah. But it did make me laugh a little bit. <laughs> I've never been, but I agree. I, like, I've seen enough movies to make up my mind about LA. <laughs> like, <laughs> You've seen them. You've seen LA. I've yeah. seen LA. I've seen all portrayals, good, bad. And I feel like I have enough ammunition to make a call. But I will say, Ava, and I know you agree with me because we both have this on our notes. Ava yeah. was right about one thing. Yeah. They are snobs. They totally are. Yeah, they're snobs. <laughs> they're absolute snobs. There's no question. Like, they do think they're above a lot of things, and that's annoying. And they are pretentious. And this movie yeah. is pretentious. It is. Like, let's not, let's not, you know, lie about this. It yeah. is a pretentious movie. It is. About people who are obsessed with, like, art and literature and music and the best of all of these things. And are maybe a little hedonistic. We don't see a ton of that. Like, I think it's, like, semi-implied that they're a little bit hedonistic, but they're not like no, having yeah. ragers hedonistic. It's more like, oh, the finer things in life, you know, like one <laughs> women in song instead of like, yeah, party down. Like it's, it is a, a slightly, slightly different vibe to that, but it they is like- They might have all grown their party phase. Like when they were hanging they, they out like with all dancing. the goths, like back in the day and everybody had syphilis. Right. Like, and they all died like from like gout or whatever. And they're like- <laughs> done the partying with the goths now like i'm chill yeah now they want to listen to like vinyl and i feel like the way a person will feel about this movie you'll know in the first um the first couple of minutes like the first couple of shots and i do also just briefly want to touch on visual style and then i i i promise i will have said enough about this movie Uh, but you'll know right away like (laughs) these swirling shots with like a like a oh my god like Motown funk Shirley Jackson song playing funnel of love like swirling shots of both of our characters just fucking blissing out to music like you'll know right away there will be some people who will see those shots and be like 
yep, this is not for me. This is not for me. I'm noping out of this. I don't really want to watch these two beautiful, weird white people with long hair just fucking vibe at each other for two hours. (laughs) Good. Peace. Thank you very much. And then some people like me will be like, oh, look at this is so much fun. I like the colors. I love, I love, I actually love the production design and cinematography in this movie because again, it, it like adds to the chill vibe. But it's also really fun to sit there and look at these sets and look at these props and like look at all the red that they they use like a super dark, really beautiful red in most scenes. Like there's something kind of pretty in red. And I'm sure that's like, you know, listen, there's red everywhere in the world. But it is like it's a vampire movie. There's going to be a lot of red, but it's like a really pretty dark red. And I really dig it. I love, 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 love the props and the production design. I really find it so much fun and gives so much texture and makes it feel like, I don't know, I feel like I can smell this place. Like I, I can smell yeah. the wood of the guitars. I can smell like the, you know, the feeling of being in a place where somebody like collects art and collects books and has all these these objects that are, you know, intellectual objects. A, t- a tasteful hoarder is what- A tasteful uh, hoarder, exactly. <laughs> what Adam exactly. is. Very exactly. curated hoarding, uh, but hoarding nonetheless. Yeah. And it's interesting how this house like kind of feels like, I don't know, like a haven in the middle of this desolate, ugly ass city. Like I've never been to Detroit, guys. No shade. I have no idea what it looks like. I'm not. I'm not. Not my place to speak. But like the way they show it, it's like (laughs) it's all terrible and sad and gloomy. And not that his place isn't gloomy, but it's very like it's filled with things. And like you said, the colors. It makes it look very warm. Very like very much like a little like nest of like little pleasures uh in the middle of a very like sort of sad 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 town um and there's the part of me that will always like be there is a part of me that that enjoys the aesthetic of like nature kind of taking over from civilization the overgrown kind of thing like Mm -hmm. it's a very lost of us uh, sorry lost of us sorry (laughs) last of us kind of aren't we all lost lost right now (laughs) there is like a weird beauty in that of like oh nature kind of taking it back and like they get real excited about the mushroom there's a kind of whole vibe to it that i enjoy yeah the theater parking lot kind of scene is like absolutely wild that that kind of like there's decay and then there's vibrancy and there's varying levels of both of those things kind of going on. Like, again, I have a crush on this movie. I'm a pervert for this <laughs> stuff. So I mean, it's like, it really does work for me uh, in, in the sort of visual design of the movie. And I also fully acknowledge that it is also a pretentious movie for snacks. Yeah. So like both, both of these things are true. I love it. And also it's a pretentious movie. I totally see what you're saying. I agree. And it's kind of like exactly why I didn't want to watch it because I feel like, oh, this is exactly the type of thing that annoys me. But it's so charming that you can't, like, I think it drags at some point. Sure. It could have been 90 minutes. It could have been 90 minutes. No question. Yeah. I mean, to me, every movie could have been 90 minutes. Literally. (laughs) Nothing in the world needs to last longer than 90 yeah. minutes. Except for like maybe very intricate surgery. But other Listen, than that... sudden death <laughs> is maybe the only one. But other than Exactly. That- <laughs> You're right. Sorry, I take it back. But other uh, than Van Damme flicks. Uh, but so like I said, there's nothing that, that that is made better by being more than 90 minutes. 
Uh, so I agree. So yeah, there are points where it drags and like there's a lot of references and it's wild because I was reading an interview uh, that Jim Jarmusch gave to Vulture and he uh, talked about how like a producer had like gave him notes to like tone down a lot of the references. And he said like, uh, here's a quote. So I removed some from the script, some I was shot and more in the editing room. Uh, and I was already aware of this, but I was happy when he would remind me because I needed a balance there and I had way too many. I was bordering on being pretentious. Hmm. We're uh, forcing things on the bro. audience, <laughs> <laughs> which isn't the point. And the best thing uh, he said to me was, whenever there's information in the film that makes you think, why is he telling her this? Wouldn't she already know? Then you're telling the audience. So it's kind of like, I already think there's a lot of just like, oh, look how smart I am for those reference, wink, wink. And apparently this producer saved us from uh, a sea of pretentiousness. Honestly. Good on him. (laughs) Very good. Because it is, it it already does border on being a little too much as it is in the movie. Shout out, Mr. Because, yeah, it's, it's bordering. But I feel like the way, even like, and I think a lot of it also has to do with, uh, just the work of Tilda and Tom. Tilda and Tom, yes. <laughs> my besties. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> First name basis. Listen, there are crushes. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We're in a parasocial relationship. Uh, so I feel like Tom Tom and Tiltil, my besties. Uh, they did such a good job because even at their most like sort of snobby and un- unbearably like intellectual they wear these characters so like gracefully that I'm like, I'll let you speak that way, Adam, yeah. about us zombies and how. Because <laughs> I mean, also he does have a point when he talks about the scientists and <laughs> and yeah. how we're still bitching about Darwin. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, wrong. Touche, touche, <laughs> my pretentious little vampire. Um, yeah. But yeah, like even at you know, like the, even if there is a lot of there are a lot of elements that like technically would really turn me off to the movie. I feel like the balance is very much there. I was actually kind of expecting it to, to go like in the beginning. I think it starts off much slower and more, more sort of like too cool for school than it ends. Um, And I was expecting the opposite, right? Like as the movie was going along, I was like, I'm sure like some, really this is gonna take a turn for like the incredibly pretentious like (laughs) it's gonna get super self-indulgent and philosophical and i'm gonna like hate it and it never did it was quite the opposite like okay we did a lot of like thinking and brooding and camera twirling (laughs) and now like an event is going to happen but not just that like the humor is gonna like kick up and and you know, we're going to take you out of sort of the introspection and bring an element of the outside world to it. And that to me really tied it together and kind of rescued it from being a really like pretentious, uh, uh, it it made it just a moderately totally (laughs) within the limits, uh, (laughs) of coolness, uh, pretentious movie. So I'm here for it. Yeah. I I was going to say, I'm not normally that much of a Jim Jarmusch fan like it's fine like I just don't have that strong of an opinion yeah on some of his other movies so it's not like I you know went in even kind of thinking like oh yeah man oh, it's just <laughs> really it hit for me and I'm, I'm kind of happy that it did Interesting. Enough. before we move on I would like to just uh 
quote from Jim's. Uh, yes. Also, my close uh, parasocial friend. Jim, Jimbo. Jim, Jimbo. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, Jimbo. Uh, on the the snobness of the characters, since we both talk about it, because yeah. he does paint them a uh, paint a good def- defense. Like as he yeah. still in that interview with Vulture, um, he was asked if he felt like a particular kinship to the characters and then uh this is a quote uh yes i do i feel very close to a lot of their concerns though they are not me and they're quite different from each other i see adam as a little bit more fragile he needs to see some of himself reflected back on him whereas eve has no need whatsoever with that she's open to all the experiences of having a consciousness which to her are enough i understand too when eva the when ava the sister is misspelled here refers to them as snobs they are snobs that's part of their character viewed from the outside i love to read negative reviews i don't really read the positives and someone said yeah but they're just snobbish characters well if you and i were alive for 500 a thousand two thousand years we would certainly appear as knobs to everyone else because our knowledge and experience would be so much more more vast you know and i'm like you know what jim jimbo j-bone you got a point (laughs) yeah it's really J-Bird. true. Like it, it, it reads well, and it and it kind of tracks, and it makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Jimbo, <laughs> our close personal friend, Jimbo, JJ I mean, Bird Jamush. This movie makes you feel close to it. I don't know it because it's so chill. Maybe because yeah. it's such a chill experience. It kind of invites you to be uh, Ian and sit on the couch with these incredible people, including Jimbo. And Tilt Hill. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Tom. And Tom You know, our bros. Our bros. TH. TH. I love it. Uh, on that beautiful note of TH, <laughs> I, I guess we should go to SL, which is shelf life. <laughs> decide where the movie belongs in our video store. It's a bona fide staff pick, which means it's displayed proudly next to the core if it's a middle aisle placement. Very similar vibes. <laughs> the core and the only lovers left alive like the exist in the same The least pretentious movie and, you know, I wouldn't say the most pretentious movie, but much higher on the pretension <laughs> scale. The core has no pretensions and that's why it's on the staff pick shelf, to be clear. But that doesn't mean we can't have any pretension. So anyway, uh, if it's a middle aisle placement or if the deuce needs the dumpster out back, Fernanda, I want to let you go first here uh, with with your feelings ab- about the movie. I don't think we're I don't think we're anywhere near the dumpster, to be honest. No, uh, of course for, with this not. one. So how are you feeling about the placement of this uh, beautiful film? <sighs> I, that's a that's a tough one, because I was I was like. I think I kind of came into it thinking about Middle Isle. Uh, sure, sure. But then I was sort of infected, if you will, <laughs> by um, positively infected by your your crush in the movie. And the more I think about it, I feel like the fact that it was this able to uh, captivate me, even though it's really not my thing, really does speak to it on a more profound level. And again, I'm thinking about the core and the fact that these two movies existed in the same timeline. Therefore, while these vampires <laughs> were vampiring about 
the core people were saving the core of the earth. So let's all sleep, meditate on that humanity. Yeah. Um, I do think that it deserves. It, it is a staff pick for me. It is oh, a staff excellent. pick for me. Excellent. I'll say it. I'll that say makes it. Me very happy. That makes me very happy. <laughs> I, I think it deserves a staff pick. I do. I, I sort of also like just. I also like where this, how this looks on the staff pick shelf. Is that weird? Where I'm like, I truly <laughs> love that we contain multitudes. We that do. That we have Jean-Claude's <laughs> finest. <laughs> we have the core. And we have only lovers left alive. It just makes me really happy. We I have I, bound. I, I, I like this movie. I like what it's doing. I like its vibes. I like its chillness. I just really like it. I have a crush on this movie. And I'm so happy that it, that it made staff pick shelf it makes me makes me happy little little tear of happiness you know what i'm saying right there oh well thank you so much thank you for being open to it you know thank you for being open to the staff picks for this this beautiful weird little film oh i do oh. i i love it for us i like when we are like i feel like the middle eye is very non-committal i like it when we're like incisive yeah. but i do feel like we need to we need to have more shit in that dumpster we're gonna work on I that. I know, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so and nice I feel to like <laughs> I feel like we'll have some. We'll have some. Don't worry. Wild Wild West is getting lonely out there. You know? <laughs> oh, like, what the fuck? It needs a friend. You did a whole <laughs> You did a whole Van Damme month and I'm still alone here. Like what is happening? I mean, we did great movies for Van Damme month, so I don't know. I don't know what its problem is. <laughs> Oh, well, dear friends, dear listeners, that's what we have for you this week. Thank you so much to my co-host for joining me. Thank you at home for listening. And thank you to our producer, Paul Radiant Space Diamond, to my, uh, oh, good name, uh, for all the help in making the show not only not suck, but also kind of rule. I think it's a show that rules. We hope you come back to your friendly neighborhood video store next week. We are going with Paul's crush next week, which is actually going to be everything, everywhere, all at once, and Michelle Hiao's character in that movie. I don't know her name in the movie, so I just said her name. So hopefully that, that gets it what's going on <laughs> there. There will be a crush that she plays in that movie. And I'm very excited uh, to watch it, very excited to check it out. And of course, it is Spring Fling. So these are movies uh, with characters that we want to ask to a dance or just have a big crush on. The dance part was just like a funny little thing that I, I wrote there. Uh, but I also kind of like that as an image. Like, I want to go to the dance. You want to go steady? I love it. <laughs> We're going to go steady. We're going to hold hands and dance slow. <laughs> <laughs> so like forever oh, young. Forever young. Listen, there, <laughs> there's something about crushes that does feel like young and, and vibrant and, you know. All that good time. Yeah, Paul, uh, producer Paul's saying, leave some room for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Important. Yeah, Important. or the Holy Spirit. Some schools say, leave some room for the Holy Spirit. You know, either or. You know, they're all uh, the part of the triumvirate or whatever it's called. So, yes. Anyway, <laughs> if you like the work we do and you do want to show us some support, we really do appreciate that. And you can do so by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify. Uh, so hopefully we can get on some more listeners' radars because these VHS rewinders break all the time and they're not cheap, my friends. So if you, if you want to give us some help, we really appreciate it. Check out our other podcasts over at fanbite.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram at Fanbyte, TikTok at Fanbyte, and of course on fanbite.com. 
And you can watch our very good streams on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Fernanda, where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter at Nanda Prates underscore. That's N-A-N-D-A-P-R-A-T-E-S uh, underscore. But I am not as active there as I am on Instagram, which is Nanda Prates. Same thing, except minus the underscore, where I just post a bunch of dumb shit to my stories all day, every day. So if you're into <laughs> love it. stories with dumb shit, I got you. I got you, boo. I got you covered. Head on <laughs> I over there. You, boo. <laughs> extremely good Paul is on Twitter at Polly Mayo I'm on Twitter at Danielle R.I. and I want to say thank you so much to all of you until next time you love to see it